If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals achievements. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, alongside TJ Rosine. Today, we're going to be talking about an interesting dynamic between a team that has heavy senior leadership, but also very impactful freshmen or underclassmen that are playing pivotal roles. How do you manage that interesting dynamic, which is one that a lot of coaches around the country are facing? Before we do, though, let's jump in, catch up with our friends over at Shot Tracker. Our friends over at Shot Tracker are changing the game with their new revolutionary technology that is making basketball more efficient and effective at all levels. Shot Tracker is made up of three components there's a Shot Tracker enabled ball, player sensors, and anchors in the rafter. And combining them all gives you high level, detailed analytics to be able to track everything your players are doing, spacing, movement, shot efficiency. It's absolutely incredible. Check out ShotTracker.com to learn more about how you can get connected to ShotTracker and begin changing the game for your team. All right, TJ. So what a dynamic here, okay? Managing this dynamic between impactful and influential and and important freshmen or underclassmen when you've got at the same time important impactful influential senior leadership there's been a few teams that i've been on and and have worked with the last couple years that have seen this exact dynamic and it's been challenging right one in particular you know two freshmen were coming in uh were probably going to immediately become the best two players on the team all right, they were going to start pretty much from day one. That was almost understood in the sense that their talent was not going to deny them the ability to play. At the same time, the other three starters were seniors. So you almost had this split team where you had half of the team being relied upon the seniors that have kind of earned their way, have built the program essentially, have, have put in their years of work. Now was their time to shine. And then you get the other half of the contributors coming in out of nowhere. Young guys, right? Haven't really earned their keep, haven't earned their voice, but yet are being counted on and relied upon. It creates so many dynamics, right? How do the seniors welcome the freshmen in? Is there envy? Is there jealousy? Is there resentment? Like you didn't put in the work to earn this spot, right? And you're taking away and, you know, taking the shine away from maybe us as seniors and we've, this is our year to shine. At the same time, how do freshmen, and, and put themselves in position to, to be a leader, to contribute, to be impactful within the team. But at the same time, they're only a freshman. Do they have the maturity? Do they have the, the courage to step up to the seniors? Really interesting dynamic. Have you had teams in your past, let's start there, that have been split like that, where you've had really heavy contributing seniors, but then a freshman class that came in that was going to be relied upon heavy? Yeah, you know, I mean – 18 years as a head coach, I've had just about every scenario that you can think of um, and been through it a ton of different times and handled it really well a lot of times and other times haven't handled it well. But I would I would say this to a coach, like 
welcome to the job. You know, like this is as much about as anything. Like I think a lot of times we as coaches, we look at it and we're like, man, you know, I've got this problem. You know, these the the seniors uh, are playing a lot. I got these new freshmen that are going to play or vice versa. You know, I've got four freshmen. I've only got one senior playing or I got everybody's in some kind of scenario with somewhere between freshmen and seniors, you know, and oftentimes we use it as a crutch. Well, it's hard to mesh this together, mesh this like you know, welcome to probably the biggest part of coaching is figuring that out, you know, figuring out how to make that stuff work together. And you've got, I think first, first thing you need to do is just embrace that. Like you're going to have these scenarios. Well, you, you can look at it any, any way that you want. Like, well, and I've seen coaches do that. I've, I know coaches that just ride with their seniors because they're seniors. You know, I've seen that happen a lot of times. I think I was probably subject to that as a as a college player at one point where I was like, I'm better than this guy ahead of me, and they're playing, you know, and and uh, at some point, you know, something changed. But I I think coaches, the first thing they got to do is just welcome and embrace the fact that this is a big part of the job is getting players to star in their role despite their age, despite their talent, despite their attitude, uh, or, or in spite of or despite of, you know, like mm-hmm. you, you're gonna ha- like. And, and I say that I say that you know, getting them to to star in their role, a part of starring in their role is having the attitude that that role demands, whether it's the last person on the bench or the first person in there. So I got a lot of thoughts on how that plays out, but that's my first initial like gut is like I want coaches to know like this is this is coaching. Mm-hmm. Very rarely is it this perfect uh, layout. I don't even know what a perfect layout would be, but may I, I think about like. Your core four or five seniors that are strong leaders, with maybe thirty percent juniors that are contributing, that are like the sixth and seventh man, yeah, and your sophomores, two sophomores and the one freshman, like you don't get that, yeah, and they're going to be good, but the players ahead of them are just better. But they're so thankful to be on the roster, and they just can't wait for their turn to come. (laughs) You're not getting that picture perfect layout. You know, it's not happening. Fifty percent seniors, thirty percent juniors, fifteen percent. Sophomores, five percent freshmen. It'd be great if it was, but it's not happening. Yeah, and, and even this. I mean, I, I hate to say this, like I, I was guilty of this a lot. Like, you know, the future is bright. We're really young. You know, I don't know that. Like all the like, you don't know. You don't know. You only have the team you have this year. You don't know. So here, here's my thought. When when you know, and I will admit, some situations are more challenging than others. Okay. So, so they're yeah. not all going to be picture perfect, but I think we both agree there are some dynamics acknowledging, more challenging it, than others. And it is a problem. It is a something you're going to have to figure out when you have two really young, talented players and you have a core group who's done what they've done for four years together. That's a problem. That's a problem. Not, not diminishing the fact that that's a problem or, or it could be hard to overcome or you got to figure something out. Not diminishing that problem at all. So, so here's my thought. First of all, you, you better be extremely proactive on this. Okay, like you've got to anticipate this becoming a challenge and and recognize the dynamics involved, and you have to get out in front. I I think it's going to be very detrimental to your program if you don't try to get out in front and and address these issues and start having these conversations, and all of a sudden get a few weeks or a few months into the season and then start trying to attack it. Right? What do they say? The easiest way to keep a horse in the barn is to never let it out in the first place. Yeah. Right? Trying to get that horse back in at that point is going to be extremely challenging. So I think for coaches, if you recognize that there's going to be a dynamic that's going to be challenging personal, personality-wise and dynamics between ages, you've got to be out in front. Anticipate the upcoming dynamic and start managing it. I think throughout this, one-on-one conversations is going to be a must. 
There's got to be a lot of conversations. Hey, this is what's coming. This is what we're. This is what this upcoming year is going to possibly look at. And having it with the seniors, having it with the freshmen, having conversations, and each one will be different by way of theme. But there's got to be a tremendous amount of conversation. To your point, TJ, transparency, right? Hey, you know, there's a good chance that you, you may feel this way this year. Like, I get it, but let's talk about it. How are you going to handle it? Yeah. You know, you're a senior. You know, you've earned this. And you, but, but we've got guys that are freshmen coming in that if we bring them in the right way are going to help you, are going to help make this the best senior year possible. Right. But we've got to lead them and, and help bring them in and help develop them and seek them out and make them feel part of it. You know, but, but let's talk about how we want to handle it. Let's talk about what it may look like. These conversations are going to be extremely important. Yeah, and just I was reflecting on how I would handle that and how I have handled that in the past. And I, I do think people handle things according to their personalities, right? Like, and so I don't know that my advice is always conducive to every coach. But but your perspective is valuable. But let me tell you. Let me just tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you what's what's worked and what hasn't worked for me. Like I don't I don't pride myself on saying everything has always worked for me. I just. I just think I've learned a lot, you know? I mean, being a head coach at 23 years old and going through, I've just learned a lot, good, bad, and indifferent. But here, let me, how, let me, I'm going to give an example of how I would address this. Some, a lot of times coaches just want, what would you do, yeah. you know? So how would I would address this? My first team meeting would sound like this. Man, guys, I'm so thankful uh, to be on this journey with all of you. Don't know where it's going to go. Committed to making it a great journey. Man, just off the rip, I just want to share a few things that I see as probably pivotal. It's going to be really interesting. I won't even tell them. It's almost like I'm just telling a story. I think it's going to be really interesting how our three senior leaders vibe with these two really talented freshmen. <laughs> I think it's going to be really, you know, and I would just, I tell them all the things that I think are going to be interesting. And I'll say something maybe it's like, you know, man, if, you know, these seniors uh, alienate these freshmen, you know, because I can understand that they're young and they might be a little immature. If they choose to do that, the seniors choose to do that, we're gonna have a hard time starting in our roles, and we're definitely not gonna reach max potential. You know, and if these two freshmen come in and uh, they think they hung the moon, and they're not willing to pay their dues, and they're not willing to follow well, they could be in a lot of trouble. So I really look forward to seeing how that plays out over the course of the season. Should be a good task for all of us to handle. You know, and I, and I just lay it on the table. Like now, everybody knows. Like get the get the white elephant out of the room. Like everybody, this guy or kid already knows I'm on your tail. The senior already knows this guy's you know clipping my hip. I might even say something more aggressive. Like this is going to be tough because three of you seniors, I love you guys, but you got some freshmen that might be more talented than you. So how this plays out is going to be really interesting. Mm. And everybody in the room knows it. Like everybody knows what's going on. Everybody knows what's going down. And my agenda is look. I'm just trying to figure out how to make the best team. You either want to help me make the best team and we're all in this together or we're not. And um, so, you know, lack of a better advice or answer, like I can just tell you, like, that's how I've played out that scenario mm. with, with, with my team. Is, and, then, and then the following conversations, in, whether they be individual, whether they be small group, whether it be those five guys together, whether maybe one senior, one freshman, because there's a whole lot of work. That just lays the beginning of what's have to happen. There's a lot of work to make that happen. But in all of those conversations, we now have a reference point and say, told you this was going to be tough. <laughs> you know, Let's dig into that more in the second half here. Let's catch up with our friends over at TeamSnap. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap for today's halftime communication tip. 
Coaches, have you noticed at the end of seasons, whether it's at the end of a loss or the end of a win of a championship, your last game of the year always tends to bring out some emotions within the players. They tend to communicate things to one another and to the coaches that they don't do all season long. They don't communicate these type of emotions, this type of affirmation and appreciation through the season as they do at the end of the season. I'd like for you to challenge your team this week and challenge yourself Communicate some things that if your season ended today, you would say to your team. Have them communicate to one another things that if the season ended today, they would communicate to one another. There's a chance that your team has an ability to grow in an incredible way if we communicate certain things through the process rather than just waiting until the end of the process. Coaches want to challenge you. Take advantage of this little secret that could help change the game. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap. Make sure you check out TeamSnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about a communication app that's helping get everyone on the same page from the coaches, parents, and players all season long. That's TeamSnap.com backslash hustle. TJ, I love that transparency. Has Just out of curiosity, has your transparency, and I don't want to get too far off topic here, has your transparency ever come back to bite you where you're like you know i probably should have kept that in yeah it, yeah um not in a real i mean i i wouldn't ever it's never changed my mind about transparency there's you know four or five things there's a handful of things in my career that if i could do it over again i would have rephrased it and, and been more generous with my words towards somebody okay all right so getting it out at in the table, getting it out there in the room. Everyone knows what's happening. You'd kind of hinted to like conversations and the work begins at that point. What is your typical, because I think one, there's certainly got to be a handful of one-on-one conversations, right? You've got to feel each player out. I think you as the coach guiding them, like you've got to lay some framework and some parameters of what you'd like to see, some expectations, you know, like I want you to, you know, set a great example, be the mature player, seek them out first, like these different things, like help develop them, help bring them in into the fold here. Are you having, do you think your next step is one-on-one conversations? Do you think it's group? Do you think, I feel like getting all five of them isn't until like maybe down the road if need be. I don't know if that's like where I would start. Mm-hmm. Where do you think you would start? Let's say, all right, you begin playing it out. You begin to see the dynamic continuing to show itself. Where do you then go? Well, I can tell you where I am in the evolution of, of my coaching, like as far as like wanting to become a better coach. I, where I would have started before was some form or fashion of conversations. If I had to take a good guess at it early, I probably would have the three seniors in together and the two freshmen in together. That would probably have been my starting point. So I laid out because they're kind of on the similar journeys. So I could tell them kind of what their journey process might be. We talk about it. How do you feel about it? And I've made a minor um, step forward, I think, um, in, 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 um, in, in my approach there is that I didn't just get their feelings when we left that meeting. I actually gave them one, um, one standard you know, to uphold. So, like, for instance, if I was in there with the seniors – and when we got done, um, I would look to the seniors and I would say, listen, I appreciate this talk, this conversation. I understand where we're all at. Um, I need to hold you accountable for one thing because I feel like it's crucial to our success. And that one thing is that you're going to be intentional to try and build relationships with those two young men. You know, And I'm going to follow up with you and ask you what intentional looks like. 
And so I think that that's been uh, probably a good progression in my career is that um, rather than just speaking those words and throwing them into the air, there's actually an action item moving forward. And it might be with the two freshmen, like, listen, really excited to see where this goes. Um, your your job specifically in these first two weeks is to seek advice from these three seniors, humble advice. You're going to go to them with humility, and you're going to see what you can learn from them. Because if you're committed to being a great player, you'll do that. So now each group has a a task, mm-hmm. and it's the first step. I don't know where it's going to lead. Um, it may be the beginning of something great, or it may just be the first hard step of ten hard steps. <laughs> right. You know, and so that, that's that's probably my next progression step. Interesting. Forward. So. Ongoing, constantly monitoring the progress of it. So from a coaching perspective, constantly evaluating how are they responding. Watching little cues, watching little dynamics, watching conversations in the bus ride, conversations in the locker room, how the bench is interacting. I think as coaches, we've got to be just so sensitive to all dynamics, especially when you're talking about the interpersonal dynamics of team teammates. You've got to be watching for cues everywhere. At what point... When would something be deemed unhealthy to possibly generate like a major next step conversation? Obviously, you're going to follow up on the things you wanted to see, right? And you'll do that naturally. You know, how are you doing? You know, let's talk about that. You know, what was your way of, you know, making them feel part of the team? You know, what did you do to seek advice? What would trigger a bigger meeting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. <clears throat> What would trigger, I should say a bigger meeting, but what would trigger another meeting is almost anything. So like the moment something happens, like uh, you notice that somebody, you notice an interaction on the court where um, a senior is like going at a freshman, maybe a freshman outplays him or whatever, and the, the senior reacts poorly, right? Like I don't, I don't, I don't think we're taking inventory. Like how many times that happened? It just happened. There's a real feeling in there. I addressed that really close to probably within 24 hours. Um, so I, I think, I, I think I, I've said this a thousand times. Like I think culture is a series of a thousand little conversations, right? Like I think part of the failure in culture is oftentimes the same failure. I've always I've always said this about culture. Like a family is a real a good functioning family is what a good culture looks like. It doesn't mean there's not any arguments. It doesn't mean there's not any people being upset. It doesn't mean there's not financial problems. It doesn't mean there's not whatever. But it, it's people willing to talk through it and go through it together to get to a particular place. Like that's that's what happens. And I think people look at a good culture and they think that everybody's just gonna you know, get a slushy after practice and then they're going to sing Kumbaya. That's not a good culture. Like there's friction, even in good cultures. And so, uh, for, uh, for me, uh, if we were to, to liken it to, uh, like my own, my own marriage, like if we have to have some huge talk and we have to get counseling in it, we have to, we waited too long to have all those small conversations. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and now I'm not, I'm not against it. Look, there's, it's never too late to go, see a counselor to get help like you do that you know it's never too late for the coach to step in and try and make an impact but the idea is that our daily conversations help us to avoid the major conversations of everybody's in there because there's nothing catching us by surprise like we're on a daily journey to make this better and we're all in this and committed to doing it so we, we avoid the the let's save the team conversation 
that can be exhausting for a lot of coaches. It is exhausting. <laughs> it is the man. That's why you know I love, and I don't remember. I know people. I think attribute this quote to me, but I don't think I got. I don't think I was the originator of it. But it was you got to fight for your culture every day, like every day you've got to fight for your culture, and that's why so many teams have bad cultures because they want it to be a night out. They want it to be five on five bowling. They want it to be a team dinner. They want it to be, that's what they want culture to be. And they want to wipe their hands clean of it. And it just doesn't work that way. Culture is certainly more affected by the little things done day to day than the big things done year to year. Right. It's all these little things building up. So what I'm gathering here is we've got these interesting dynamics, obviously getting out in front of it, right. Addressing it. Whether it's your style, the way you did it, or having one-on-one conversations. Either way, having a conversation and, and being very open and honest about what's about to come, right? The dynamics that are about to come. Can you – are you – you're also saying getting out in front of it on a daily basis as well, right? Not allowing like a week or two of little things to continue to build, right? Knowing that that could create the steamroll, the, the avalanche that could really – Create major problems. Yeah, you know, let me. I, w- I would actually reword. I know exactly what you're saying, and, and there's. I know you're. Not, there's not a lot of thought put into that, but you're saying staying out in front of it. I think a big part of that is assuming that this is going to be a problem, and I think the opposite is true. I would say you have to continually pour into it, like it's an opportunity. Like there is a um, like it, it, staying in front of it is like coaches avoiding angry people or unhappy teams or people that don't get along like this is the journey we're on to create unique relationships amongst players and teammates and whatever like it's not that we're staying in front of it so it doesn't happen it's we're pouring into it because we have an opportunity to create something amazing you know like we have an opportunity to take this senior to be the mentor of this freshman that changes the trajectory of his life because of the relationship they built with this player that paved the way for him, like there's a there's a grand opportunity there, versus the opportunity versus the vice versa, the mindset of like, how are we going to get these people to coexist? How are we going to get these people to you know like? And I think a lot of coaches look at it that way. It's almost like an offensive versus defensive mindset. Yeah. Right. Like one's just playing defense. Like how do we prevent this from happening? Yes. The other one's like, no, let's flip the script and actually let's start scoring points. Let's start winning games. Yeah. Let's start winning relationships. Yes. Let's the, start winning our culture. I'm not going to use the names of this, but I, I can tell you in PGC, um, Mono just celebrated um, on our Slack line, which is everybody's has access to it. Right. And uh, there was two people not getting along very well, you know, with it within the company. And, um, we have what we call breakthrough conversations, like where somebody's on there and these two people share their feelings and they go through long story short. They're both awesome people. You know, they're both different personalities. Real quick. Everyone's on the call. And then you have these two people. No, 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 no. These two people, no, somebody's on the call mediating the call kind of. So it's like three people because you all identified that these two people weren't yeah. necessarily getting along. Yes. Okay, and they're sharing their thoughts, feelings, perspective. It's a whole nother like cake and boot. But they're 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 basically they are they do they having trouble like coexisting, you know, like and um, and uh, and that happens. It happens like this. You know, the senior and the freshman they both could be great people, just two different you know backgrounds, two different ways of thinking about things. But at the end, um, you know, Mono was just celebrating. He's like, this is probably the greatest breakthrough we've ever had in relationships in the company because it was the biggest divide that we've ever had. Hmm. 
And and I think he hashtagged it something: the greater the problem, the greater the breakthrough. You know, and that's that's a the mind that's a mindset. You know, that that's a that's a mindset. Like, man, these great problems. And I've said this a lot of times. Like many a times, our season changed for the better based on the worst thing that could have happened for us in that season. We adversity and we something changed because of it. Mm. You know. And so, but I think coaches were trying so hard to avoid that adversity and avoid the problems. And we all know that as long as you're coaching, there is going to be problems. Hmm. I love that. I mean, what a great perspective shift that you may have given a lot of coaches. You know, playing this game and leading this team to win, not to lose, Hmm. essentially. You know, like let's approach this season, approach this dynamic with a desire to win and have that fight to go out and win and not just simply playing not to lose. And and I think it could change a whole lot of dynamics within teams. Coaches, hope you took some things away from today's episode. Maybe it challenged you to kind of shift your thought process, maybe gave you a couple ideas uh, tangibly that you could use with your team, but hopefully it was beneficial and whole. We appreciate you listening. I am Adam. He is TJ. Together we are the Hardwood Hustle. Until next time, we're out.